0: Welcome to the Superpower Success Podcast. At Keystone, we believe exceptional organizations don't just happen. They are built by focused leaders that recognize their authentic leadership superpowers. Join us for a serious dose of inspiration. We believe conscious leadership is about leading yourself, leading others, and also leading culture. Head to our website to learn more about our new three-part conscious leadership training series that will help you and your team become conscious leaders. Welcome to the Superpower Success Podcast. I am so excited you're here today and I have a treat for you. I know I say that all the time, but um, but I really do have a treat for you. Well, I have a treat for me and then you get to listen, which is the bonus of, of recording a podcast. So I've got Andy Dolka here. Andy is the CIO of Restaurant Technologies. Andy is one of the most conscious leaders that I know. And that's something that is very important to us here at Keystone. As many of you know, he is a champion of all people. Uh, we got introduced because a number of people said he's quite possibly the best leader I've ever had in my career. And I was like, I need to know this guy. Um, So that's really how we got introduced. So when I say conscious leader, he is probably in the textbook when or in the dictionary, when you look it up, it would be a picture of Andy Dolka. So I'm excited for Andy to share his story with you to share all of his leadership lessons, because I think there's going to be a lot of wisdom bombs in today's episode. So make sure you got something to write on safely. Um if you are listening cuz I'm guessing we're going to get a lot from Mr. Dolka today. Thanks for being here, Andy.
1: Thanks, Jamie. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, I'm excited for you to just start cuz I don't even know if you and I have kind of gone through your your full story. So I'm excited to learn a bit more about you kind of beyond just what I know of you as a CIO. So tell us a little bit about your success journey right what has what are all the things that are, you've gone through to kind of get to this level that you are today?
1: Awesome. That's a great way to start. and I love the story, the journey um, conversation because the destination and the starting point are so far apart and so different. Um, you know people ask me when i'm I'm doing some coaching for people and they're like, well, how did you get to where you're at? Well, how did you plan it? And my first answer is always, there's no way I could have planned. The sequence of steps to get to where I am today. Um, So I I do talk, it is a journey. It's a little bit about meandering. Um, It's not about straight lines. And, um, you know, it was really just an idea that I grew up on a a little hobby farm. My dad worked for IBM for 30 plus years. And so I got exposed to technology really, really early. And so I sort of had that first inkling of, well, I'm going to do something in the technology space. Um, And that made the most sense. And so um, he also made us uh, work on a farm and we learned very early the um, importance of of getting an education and figuring out um, what you want to do in life. But, you know, growing up on a farm, you learn uh, a lot of things that you don't get in a normal environment, right? There's a lot of curiosity. There's a lot of figuring stuff out on your own. Um, there's a lot of meandering. And, and for me, that really set the tone that, um, you know, went to college I was going to do something in, in sort of the technology field um, and came out of that with just this idea that I can do stuff with helping businesses be more effective with technology. Um, so I started off in that traditional sort of tech world of, of writing code and building systems and doing all that through some consulting organizations. And then I've had a really fortunate opportunity to spend some time in some really big companies here in the Twin Cities area from Best Buy to Allianz um, and really got to cut my teeth in a lot of different environments. And I think what it did is it really helped me hone this idea of how important curiosity was for me and how important it was for me to um, go to where I felt pulled and, and where there was interest. And that wasn't always because it was a better title um, or it was a, a you know a straight line. It was more about how do I get to, to learn something new? And how do I get to build on on what I've got in the past? And I think, you know, that that whole idea of of changing jobs. Um, every time I've changed jobs, I've changed industries, and so there's been really no two jobs that I've had the same industry. So I've had to relearn the business side of every job I've had, and I think that's been a really important aspect for me in terms of of keeping me sharp, but also keeping me really, really curious. You know, I think the the, the big companies were great. I got to do some small companies, some startups, um, and I've gotten to do some things that are really in between, whether they're public or private. Uh, they all bring different aspects to uh, how we add value. Um, and and really, for me, it became, how do I find out what my purpose is? And about mid-career, I really found out that while I love the technology, um. And I loved having that foot in each area, you know, a foot in the business, a foot in technology and doing a lot of that architecture type work. I really found out that I really cared more about the humans um, and really helping people figure out what was important to them. Um, and that really helped me mid-career to really refocus how I looked at the job, how I looked at the next role I was going to do. And I really thought about it from how do I use the chair that I'm going to be in to do this, not only the job being asked for, but also these other things that really help me refill my tank, but also really fulfill my purpose in life. And and my purpose just really sort of plainly put is to help people discover things they may not see in front of them because they're so uh, heads down and and, and sort of focused. Mm -hmm. And so for me, this purpose of helping people discover what's possible has really been like, Hey, I'm going to go to this company. I'm going to be in this chair and I get to build this team and I get to work with these people and I get the Explore this new space, and for me, that becomes the real driver for getting out of bed in the morning and and showing up at work.
0: I loved you before. This just explains so much more. And one thing that I think is really interesting is I hear themes in here, and I'm I'm kind of parlaying it back to other really strong conscious leaders that we've had on this on the podcast. And there's three things I heard you say that I think contribute to why you're such a strong conscious leader. um, Is the first one is that constant learning. Where there's not a fear of going to different industries and knowing, and that humility of like, I'm not gonna know this, right? I know other things and I, that will contribute to it, but I'm not gonna know the industry. And I think as a conscious leader, we also need that humility to say, I'm not gonna know every situation or every, you know, and I'm growing along with you. And I think that's the idea of servant leadership, conscious leadership. And then the other thing is curiosity. And that's something, that's a word that I use to describe my entire corporate career. And it wasn't until I was in my thirties where I started to go, wait a minute, like not everybody else is curious. Like I am. And, and sometimes my curiosity comes you know, you know, can come across as I'm trying to play games, right. Or be political. And it's like, no, I'm just, I'm just curious about what we're doing. Right. Have we thought about this? Have we thought about that? But the most conscious leaders I know are curious people because they're curious about humans. Um, and, and so I think those themes are really, really important. So I think that's just a good gut check for leaders that are listening on how curious are you, right? Are you a constant learner and open to learning and, and that humility of, I don't know it all. I've got a lot to learn still, no matter where you're at in your career. Um, so I want to know Andy from you, if you look back over your you know career, like you said, you've had some amazing roles at amazing companies, is there a leadership moment or moments where you're like, I remember where I was at. I remember what happened and it really formed who you are as a leader. Can you remember when, when you started to kind of develop your leadership approach?
1: Yeah, I think it was uh, pretty early in the move from single contributor to, to a leadership role. And um, I was in a spot where I realized that I became the choke point for the team. Mm -hmm. Um, And that this idea that you know if i just worked harder and the team supported me we would get more done and it became like oh wait a second I, i'm the i'm the choke point i'm the thing that's limiting the team and what i need to do is is you know step a little bit back and delegate more and trust in the people and and that really then started going wait there's opportunities here for people and i can flip from the doer to the coach and all of a sudden we can start seeing far more output of the team uh, and the team is better engaged because they're not feeling like, you know, micromanaging and all that. And so that, that aspect of of a point where I was like, I'm just not getting the results out of this team and I have the right talent. And then I realized it was me. Um, and it really became this sort of awareness of, I have to start with self and I really have to be able to continuously know myself um, because, you know, I'm going to know the work, I'm going to know the people but I was missing the know myself part. And that really became the third leg of, of sort of a mantra I have with my team, which is know your work, know the people, um, and, and know yourself, because the self part is the one that can be the most limiting. So for me, that sort of pivoted me into hey, what does a leader mean? Right? It means, you know, people first and it means uh discovering, you know, what skills people don't know they have that you can set up for them so they can discover that and I had some really good leaders that did that for me through my career who put me into spots that I'm like uh you know kind of that no fear model right is well I'll take that leap but just know um this isn't coming with an existing skill set and I think trusting in your teams and then providing that air cover and ongoing support um, along the way has really helped teams that I've led blossom and I think that maybe where you're getting some of the feedback from people that i've led is it's this idea of now uh, we're going to go as fast as you want to go i'm not as fast as i want to go
0: right right i love that and this whole leading self this is something that's so important to us so we have our conscious leader training and the whole first day is leading self we don't go to leading others leading culture right any of the other aspects because until you know your own energy how to manage your own energy, right? How you show up in a room and the energy you bring into that room and and I, it, you can't lead other people effectively, right? You can from a textbook standpoint or from a org chart standpoint, but not effectively. So, I, so you obviously lead other leaders now. And so I wanna dive into this a little bit because we're seeing this um, as one of the things that is holding some leaders back right now is that transition that you talked about from, kind of the doer to to the coach, right? Or or true leader when all of my worth is built up in the fact I've been able to do really well for a very long time. And I think a lot of leaders and some probably listening are like, I don't know how to let go of the doing because that's my that's my value to the organization or to my job. What guidance would you give them or how do you coach leaders that are in that space right now?
1: Yeah. The first thing and, and it's a super a uh, relevant topic. And, and it's a challenge I've had in the last couple organizations I've had is where where people really do say, well, I'm supposed to know this space really, really well. And if I show that I don't know it, then you're going to, you know, not think I'm valuable. And I really think it starts with with my knowing myself and opening up a very safe space to have this conversation of, hey, what got you to the spot that you're at now is not likely going to be the skills that are going to make you really successful in this next phase of your career. So let's talk about this, and it's not in a a one size fits all model. This is really where that concept of situational leadership comes into play, which is in some spaces you're fine, just keep doing what you're doing. But here's an a, an aspect of I saw this behavior. Uh, let's talk about this because this may be something that's going to be limiting for you, or it's something that um, you know, you're know, you really holding tight onto, are there a different way of, of having that conversation with your team? Or is there a different way that we need to communicate so that it's super clear what I'm looking for? I really shift uh, my leaders into this idea of focusing on outcomes, not the activities that, that generate the outcome. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that's the piece that I really spend a lot of time with them on is this, this idea of let's talk about the end in mind. Because if you talk about the path from A to B, very discreetly, then you have, it's sort of a binary decision. You're either going to succeed or you're going to fail, um, right? And that puts a lot of people into a, into a little bit of fear space versus I talk about, here's the outcome that we're looking for at the end of the quarter. Here's what we want to be proud of at the end of the quarter. Um, there's a hundred different ways that you're going to get there. Sure. Now let's talk about what's the most natural way for you to get to that outcome. It may be very different than how I would have gotten to that outcome. And that's Okay right? If you want some help of how I would have gotten there, that's a different conversation, but you got to take your first step. Um, and it's really creating that safe space for them to make their moves. Uh, we, I talk about, you're going to, you know, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to have, you're going to um, have failures, just minimize the blast radius, right? You know, if you go four weeks and we haven't talked about something and it's going to be a big blow up, I'd rather have the every third day, small blow up so that we can correct along the way. So for me, it's about breaking stuff into smaller chunks, iterating a lot more over it, but it starts with me having this safe space for this conversation Mm -hmm. about what am I observing? I mean, it really is that, is that sort of coach mindset of, Hey, I'm seeing you run the reps. Um, Your form's a little off. Let's, let's improve that form or, Hey, let's, let's, let's push you a little bit. You're ready.
0: Right. And it's that beautiful mix of, we we talk about, you know, leaders, If you think about the best leaders you've ever had, and that could be a coach in high school, it could be a leader you have today, but the reason that those those mentors and those leaders pop into your head, if we ask you to think about who that is for you, it's because they do two things for you. They invite you, it's what we call, right? They give you their wisdom, their time, the resources you need, like they're going to invest in you, but they also challenge you and you can't only have one or the other. So I can't just have a leader that just challenges and pushes, 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 but doesn't invest in me, right? And really take the time. And then you also can't have a leadership kind of a cozy culture where it's like, I really like you, but you don't challenge any of us, right? To kind of go beyond what we think we're capable of. And it's finding that balance, which is what I'm hearing you say. And that's different, but for every person that's on yeah. Your- and I
1: think, and I think the big piece of that that um investment piece is there's a level of of trust and understanding and um you know sort of equilibrium between me and the, and those people that are working for me. And, and it's not a hierarchical conversation. It really is a, a flip conversation. So my team will know when they bring something I'll, I'll start by asking three questions. I'm like, is this something you want me to listen? Because you just need to out loud process something. Is this something you want help in coaching on? Or is this something you actually need me to help you solve? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really asking those three questions helps them not try to anticipate what the conversation is going to be like. So they'll come in and I'll be like, OK, so is this a listen, coach or solve? I just need you to listen. OK, I'm I'm going to go on mute and, you know, you go and then we'll get to a spot where you want you want some feedback or you want. Tell me your approach and, you, and I'll give you feedback on your approach or or mm-hmm. whatnot. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's just purely I just don't know what to do in this spot, can you help? And they know then it's it's safe to ask for help. Um, and that's a really big piece. And that's a an interesting leadership lesson I learned um, as our, our daughter grew up, um, especially in those teenage years, um, how many times I missed by not asking those three questions to start with, um, because a lot of times she just wanted me to listen and I always wanted to help solve. Um, I'm that-
0: literally ripping this off. I have four teenagers. Like I'm ripping this off and it, it, you're so right because it just gives them permission and it allows you to keep your mouth shut when you, cause I do the same thing. I want to solve all their problems and they probably just want me to listen.
1: So and it's so cool when that becomes the, the, you know, standard language between whether it's someone I'm working with or in our family, because it now just, it cuts through a lot of the misunderstanding and, and right. you know, distractions and so I'll get a phone call and she'll be like okay I need you to help solve this so she'll almost lead now with Mm -hmm. the the keyword like I just need the vent or I just need some coaching Mm -hmm. awesome and then I know that I'm listening in a different manner than whether I'm listening for understanding or I'm listening for details so I can help solve or am I listening for the story behind the stories to help coach her um, or my team Um, it really helps put me as the leader in the right spot.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that. What's What amazing skills you're building for them too, right? And, and how they can interact with the people in their lives. So you've given us a lot about who you are as a leader, but I want you to articulate, you're on the superpower success podcast, right? So we're going to ask you about your superpowers. And we just believe superpowers are those strengths that are just at, at another level, right? That really you innately have that everyone else around you may not have if you were to describe what your leadership superpowers or if others were, what do you what do you think they are today? And that might be different than when you first started as a leader.
1: Yeah, I think the the realization of sort of, I mentioned that midpoint in my career, I understood that it's less about being technical and more about being a coach. And I've really spent the last really, you know, balance of my career on, on honing this idea of what does it mean to be a leader or a coach, um, whether it's at work or at home. And for me, the superpower, I certainly... <clears throat> I simply put it down as this, it's allowing versus doing. Um, And I know that for all the type A's and and people that are super detail focused, it's it's a hard concept to understand. But for me, what allowing means is I know there are lots of variables. I know life is going to throw curveballs at all of us. I know that things aren't going to go the way that I wanted them to go. And so for me, allowing is my ability to flex with what's going on around. And so my easy uh, analogy I use with people on this is I'm the person on the raft going down the river, checking out what's coming at and and steering the raft to avoid the, the shores. But I'm pointed forward looking at what's coming down the river. I am not spending all my time paddling upstream and staying stationary and fighting the current. And so for me, my superpower is this idea of of listening and, and allowing what's going to happen and then being prepared for what does that mean? It, it's about language. So what are the words I use? Um, what do my words mean? How do I use the language? Realizing life's not about me. Um, and and this goes a little bit to the knowing of self part, but it's also understanding everyone's living their own, their own lives. And, and I don't know everybody's story. And so I have to give them grace to experience their own story. And then work with that energy that's there instead of fighting it all the time. Um, looking for that story behind the story. And this goes a little bit into my my most important question I ask in all my skip levels. And the first question I ask in my one-on-ones is is how's the human doing? Um, it is so important for me to ask the question, to take the issue or challenge of the day off the table and talk about what's going on as, as the human. Because at the end of the day, that's what we're all, um, searching is that connection and that interaction. Um, so yeah, it's the focus on the human. What's the story.
0: Perfect. I love it. So I, you talked a little bit about constant learning earlier. And so I want to know something you're finding success with right now in your own growth, right? How do you ensure today's day, right? With everything that leaders are dealing with, how do you ensure that you're constantly growing? What do you do?
1: So a couple of things that I'm I'm super passionate about in this sort of continual learning spot is one is, is having a really strong morning habit um, or a series of things that I do right away, first thing in the morning to um create the the context and framework for the day. What are the things that I want to have happen that day? What are the the things that are going to be the most important items that I just am not going to go to sleep until um, I've addressed in that? And so that allows me to reflect. There's a little bit of I call it my staring at the wall meditation, where I just stare at the wall for about 10 minutes and I let myself get prepared to pivot with what the day is going to be. And and so for me, the thing I spend the time on is, is listening and asking better questions, listening and asking better questions. That's the thing that I continue to to hone my skills on um, because I believe that's the, the medium that I, I trade in the most. Um, and gets me the most results on any given day.
0: I love that idea of reflection. I actually wrote a blog about this because I had this realization that you can read books and listen to podcasts and go to seminars and right, you can absorb a lot of information, but until you reflect, you don't actually grow, right? It doesn't really settle in for you. It's just information and I think that reflection piece is something that so many of us as leaders don't build enough time, whether it's during the day, whether it's in the morning. So I love that idea of, of just building in those reflection points, because that's where the growth can really come from. So last question before we get into the bonus round: Given everything you've shared today, just you know, for a leader that's listening, that's just like, oh, you know, it just it it's it's a lot right now to be a leader, and it's hard, and I don't know where to focus or how to improve. What's one simple thing that you would say start here?
1: So I think the first thing, and it has two parts to it. One is be kind to yourself. You've mentioned it. there's a lot going on. Uh, We're still coming out of a lot of different change. Industries are in flux. Everything seems to be a little chaotic. So really it focuses a little bit on being being kind to yourself. And that kind of goes with my second point, which is avoid um, comparisons. I think it's the most dangerous thing for leaders that are starting out or are getting going is sort of comparison is the thief of joy. Um, You know, run your own run your own play, uh, run your own own race and don't worry so much about what other people are doing. Now, you can take data points from what other people are doing and learn from that. But if you compare and, and go, well, I'm not doing that and, you know, I'm not climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. So therefore I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not the leader I need to be. Don't, don't do the comparison piece, but it really, it comes down to, for me, it starts with, you know, be kind to yourself.
0: I needed to hear that today. Uh, so thank you for that. Cause we do, it's really easy to get caught up in comparison, I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing the right things. I'm, you know, and it's just what keeps us on this terrible wheel of exhaustion. Um, so I think it's a great reminder for everybody. Okay. So I want to dive into to just a couple of fun, kind of deep, but fun questions um, to ask you. So the first one is, I want to know what makes you belly laugh, like really laugh. What is it?
1: Jen Gaffigan.
0: Ah, uh-huh. <laughs> that was a good one. Perfect. If you could have a billboard with anything on it, what would you want it to be and why?
1: You know, it, it's going to be a little cliche, but it's it's take the leap. Um, it really is. Fear becomes this huge inhibitor to exploring and and changing and doing new stuff. And it's sometimes you just have to go take the leap, uh, whether it's a new role, whether it's a new skill, it's a new experience. I don't really like doing that. Just just do it, Um, right? Just take the leap and see what comes out on the other side.
0: Okay. And then the last one, I just, I really want to know your answer to this. You know, the world that we live in today, right? And you're raising kids just like I am in this world. What does it mean to be ridiculously human to you
1: today? I think it's to be okay with failure, to to show grace during failure, to show humility during failure, because we just have this um pressure on on success and in doing it right. And it is one of those things I go back to. I learned on a farm is um you're gonna have to experiment and you're gonna have to make mistakes and you're gonna have to try stuff and it just be okay with failure. It's the one thing that I think is 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 holding a lot of a lot of people back, both from their career, but also I think just from joy in life.
0: It is so true. And we talk a lot about, you know, what if the failures and the issues and the obstacles in your journey are the journey? Right. Instead of looking at this as these things that get in your way, well, you know, they're there to to help you build something, to take a different, you know, a, a turn when you thought you were supposed to go straight. And I think we look at those as something's wrong when really probably something's right and we're just on the journey we're supposed to be on and there's something we're supposed to learn from it. And I think it's uh, it's right what you said is your mindset about fear and failure and all of these things is what makes or breaks your success. Wow, yeah, this is this is top five, Mr. Dulka. I gotta tell you, um, I knew you were gonna knock it out of the park and I just, I know you know it. I hope you know it just your perspective is so energizing and i think that's why people are drawn to you whether it's to work for you or just drawn to you in general so i truly appreciate you taking the time and um, I would like to say we are single-handedly. My, if restaurant technologies has a sudden surge in people applying for roles that you're hiring for, it's probably because of this podcast, because everyone's going to want to work for you after this. So you're the type of leader that we all aspire to be and that we all want to work for. And I appreciate you sharing your wisdom with us today.
1: Well, and I appreciate you taking the time and uh, allowing me to come on your, your podcast.
0: Thank you Andy and thanks everyone for being with us. You know, the way just reflecting on this is every single one of these points you don't have to go and do everything Andy said. You don't have to go and be a perfect leader. There is no such thing after this. But our goal is just to be a little bit better every day. Right? What can we learn with something new or different? And that's my hope for this podcast is we're sharing these these leaders with you. We're sharing their journeys with you to just help you continue to fine tune and figure out how you can just be 1% better every single day as a leader. So thanks for being here and being part of the community. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure and hit that subscribe button. So you get the latest episodes as soon as we release them. And remember to keep maximizing your unique leadership superpowers. It truly is the key to building success, both in your career and in life.